0: Let's Talk Animals, From hard barks to Zebras, Dr. John Hunt, your host. We are not live this week. This is being taped, so unfortunately, you cannot call in for any questions, but you can always call the station and uh, if you have a question, and I can address it when I return. Today is going to be a very interesting talk, uh, discussion. Uh, my guest is, I think this is the third time. I've had my guest here is uh, Dr. Tom Cameron. He's a veterinarian. He and I went to school together at Michigan State, and we've been close friends ever since. And I want to say good morning to you, Tom.
1: Good morning, John. Nice to be here.
0: Good. to I'm very, very happy that you could spend the time with me to, for this show. Uh, as I ask all my uh, guests, is not I usually say how you got. Here from there, but today I just want my listeners to get an understanding of what you've been doing since you've retired. Both of us are retired veterinarians, and we've been both busy, busy. so maybe uh, you can give my listeners an idea of what you've been doing for the last couple of years.
1: Sure. So I, re- I technically retired in 2015, and uh, um, I have not Stopped. I've been somewhat of a failure at retirement because I keep getting involved in in other veterinary work um, that that stems from uh, other interests that I had in practice. When I was in practice, uh, I after after several years of of practice, I got a little frustrated with some of the results we were getting with using just medications, and so that led me to investigate alternative healing methods like nutrition and homeopathy and, and acupuncture, different uh, modalities like that. And so I've been very involved in, in that type of research and therapy and uh, clinical practice ever since, and I still am. The most current activity that I'm uh, involved in is the, the use of CBD or cannabinoid um, products that are from hemp or marijuana, because this is uh, an area that is just an exploding uh, area of science that is showing possible clinical benefits in many, many different areas. And so this is what we call an immature science, and and they're finding that, that, that CBD has incredible effects on uh, inflammation, anxiety, depression, um, and, and a whole lot of other diseases. And so they're just getting started in that. So it's an exciting place to be.
0: Well, is this research in CBD a, uh, concentrating on humans, or are we getting more into our pets?
1: Well, the answer is yes to both of those. The the, the human pharmacological uh, industry is looking very, very hard at, at what applications can be created using CBD, and uh, and they're also doing great work looking at the body. It turns out that the body has a, uh, a whole neurotransmitter system or a whole different type of nervous system called the endocannabinoid system, and it turns out we've got lots and lots of receptors all throughout our body that respond to these these products from uh, that we can make by ourselves. We can make our own internally, but also um, products related to hemp, and, uh, CBD, and um, and marijuana. Um, so it's not so much... Uh, Using marijuana to get high, or you know, as a recreational drug, but there's some very, very significant um, health benefits. Uh, a lot of people have heard of people with cancer who who have chronic pain using CBD. That's probably one of the first and most common uses of CBD.
0: So the cannabinoid uh, neural network. So we it ha- is we yeah. Ha- it's
1: we- called the endocannabinoid system. It's one of the largest the body's largest neurotransmitter networks. Um, it was discovered in the 80s um, after people knew about marijuana for getting high, um, but, uh, uh, but there, it's just turned out that there are so many other benefits to this, uh, uh, this plant-based um,
0: chemical group. So, is it, so there's a natural neurotransmitter that's similar to the CBD in our bodies that allow this uh, neural network to work?
1: The, the the this endocannabinoid system actually creates different endocannabinoids or these these chemicals in the brain that will then uh, land on these different receptors throughout the body and they they act like the body's um, uh, they, they, they have a euphoric effect okay they, they actually can make you feel better. And again, that's why we're using it for anxiety, depression. Uh, Just this this past week, I've uh, started a dog and a horse on uh, CBD products that that both of these animals have had severe um, anxiety that uh, has responded very well. We have so many anxiety problems in uh, dog and cat and small animal veterinary medicine with thunderstorms, travel, separation anxiety, fireworks, those types of things. So this is a great application uh, and one that can, can be very widespread in veterinary medicine.
0: Well, how is this different from endorphins?
1: Well, I think it's, it's in the same family or works similarly. Um, they they uh, compare the response of endocannabinoids to that runner's high, which we attribute to endorphins. And so it's a similar situation, but it does tend, they describe it as helping the body to keep in balance in the presence of all these stressors in our environment, you know, with electromagnetic frequencies and noise and, and, and all the things that, that dogs and cats deal with uh, on a regular basis. So, so it helps them to deal with stress in their
0: environment. Well, as, as, um, most of us know about the flight or fight neural system, the parasympathetic-sympathetic system that yep. has to do with stress and, and um, you know, dealing with that. Are they inter—do they inter—do um, they communicate with each other? Are they independent? Um, do they know do enough about that? At
1: this point, that? they feel they're independent. I mean, I mean, I think a better word would be interdependent, okay? This is just a new set of neurotransmitters that they have— have really looked at uh, and are getting much more detailed in, in what they know about it. So, um, again, they, they continue to uh, – I just listened to a, a webinar this week, and the um, the expert continually uh, – he, he had a question and answer period, and uh, during that period people were asking questions that he could not answer, and he, his, his – uh, his answer was always, "Well, as this science matures, we'll be able to answer those questions." So, um, your question is an, an excellent question, uh, but are they separate or in, I would say they're more interdependent and and work with each other. But the uh, the applications of this particular um, stimulating this neurotransmitter network is one that um, that is really showing great promise in a lot of ways.
0: Is this, you say, you say throughout the whole body. Is this literally throughout the whole body, or is it a central nervous system just in the brain that it's No, affects literally,
1: literally, it keeps tabs on different parts of the body to maintain balance. So, a short list is, uh, it's involved in fertility, pregnancy, the reproductive system, appetite, hunger, the digestive system, sleep. So, sleep is a big problem with particularly in people is people who don't sleep at night uh, motor control pain pain and pleasure immune function the uh, temperature mood and memory so so the these cannabinoid receptors are found in the brain in the lungs in the liver um, in the um, oh just digestive tract especially so there it, it's they're very surprised that it's as widespread as it is, and we just didn't know about it before.
0: And just to get a time frame, how long have we um, known about these? Is this, is this just a really recent discovery, or is it, was something was this something that was known a long, long time ago and just kind of dropped?
1: Well, again, they've, they've known that, that marijuana has THC, which is the psychoactive. Chemical in marijuana that gets people high and can change their mental state, um, but the the and that has been known for decades since uh, way before the turn of the century. But this endocannabinoid system is the one that was discovered just in the 80s. So you see, it's a it's a very new uh, area of science, and it's also complicated by the fact that marijuana is. It, it, there are some changes. That have gone on, but marijuana is still considered to be a Schedule One drug, uh, which is right up there with heroin and and opium and and things like that. And so, it's been difficult uh, to have freedom to do research and to create products and things like that. So that is still in the works as well.
0: So that's probably why we don't know as much about it as we could because of so many restrictions to do any research. Um,
1: That's correct. And and it, it has the association with marijuana. Hemp used to be a huge, huge industry in this country. As a matter of fact, Wisconsin was the largest producer of hemp uh, up until the 40s. And hemp is used for all kinds of cordage type stuff. So they make rope. And cables and even clothing. Uh, most of the the, the uh, ropes in the navy were made with hemp from Wisconsin. And so hemp uh, has the cannabinoids in it. So that those are plant compounds. And uh, um, there are compounds in marijuana that are very beneficial and are are cannabinoids. And like whole food, they they are finding that the cannabinoids from marijuana work better if there is a small amount or some amount of THC, which is the psychoactive uh, amount. And so the research is ongoing right now to find out which combinations work best um, in in uh, uh, in combination with both the THC and the plant uh, phytochemicals that do all these great things. And so they're very careful about keeping the... the level of THC or that psychoactive part down to where that doesn't enter into the picture. We, we want the, the health benefit, but we don't want to change behavior or make people or animals high.
0: Well, at least they're not falling into the uh, very common mistake of taking a natural product, isolating it, like vitamin C, and then, then giving get back to us just in the form of vitamin C when actually vitamin C works best when it's in an orange so to speak
1: that's correct that's correct and and so that is uh, that's a great point and and they've been smarter than the reductionist approach that that has been so common in in nutrition and in uh, pharmacology so so that is a good point that's almost a whole food approach is that the whole uh, combination of ingredients in the hemp product works better than any one isolated
0: by itself I'm a little confused uh, between uh, hemp and cannabis is cannabis a kind of hemp and a rich source of CBD or can we get um, CBD from other hemp plants yeah
1: they're all in in um, uh, you know you're the you're you're a botanist and 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 that so the the uh, the family of hemp the, there's a there's a plant family of hemp cannabis right. um, and and so there are lots of different species within those uh, um, generations of plants and and uh, so the the the, the marijuana um, is in the family but that is the the group of plants that has thc um and the psychoactive part of it hemp does not and so uh um, so they're just they're having to make distinctions because people are getting permits to grow these products and hemp has been thrown in with marijuana in the regulatory side so anybody who grows hemp is considered to be growing drugs you know technically
0: which is and, not true uh, so
1: that and again the the, the complicating part of this whole medical marijuana and people who are producing it is that, that the federal government, in their view, anything to do with hemp or, or marijuana is still totally illegal. They have chosen to turn their heads and not pay attention, but they have the ability at any point to come in and say, well, you can't do this, and even arrest people. And they are being very strange about the money part of it. People who grow, I know a guy out in California who grows medical marijuana and he's, and he's got all the legal paperwork to do it. And he does four crops a year and gets paid about you know, $15,000 for each uh, batch that he makes, but he's paid in cash. Why is that? It's, it's because the, the uh, marijuana business cannot be, you can't use credit cards um, and you can't use, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know, John, I don't know exactly why, but it's because of its classification as a uh, class one drug. Wow. And so there's a real confusion and it needs to become more uniform and um uh, and and people are all over the place as far as their opinions on um, this family of plant compounds.
0: But the the cannabis, which is a kind of hemp, has the historically the best source of CBD, or is it of, of all the other species within the hemp family? This one seems to have the best. Uh,
1: uh, well, there production. there is a huge. Family of plants, so there are many different species and and genus of uh, of marijuana and hemp plants, and they 're finding that they have very different activities. Good friend of mine is is struggling with cancer and and had um, tumors in his abdomen that were causing pain, and uh, there were there are two main types of of cannabis or marijuana one is is a, a species called uh, sativa, and the other is called indica and i I get confused, but one of them is actually stimulatory, so you can take it and it it increases your mental uh clarity and uh and awareness. The other one is more calming and relaxing and uh um and so they have different effects, even vasodilative. And so, so that's, again, another part of the whole science of this CBD is finding combinations and indications for uh, all these different uh, uh, botany strains and families of different plants. So you can see that there are just a lot more questions we can't answer yet, but they have a lot of different areas to develop knowledge in.
0: So these two that you mentioned, I don't want to get technical because we don't know much about it, but they are two different kinds of CBDs?
1: They're two different plant, what, families? They're, okay, you know, they're They're, they're genus and, and phylum, you know, right. genus and species. So, so they're just um, slight differences between the plants, but the, the, the composition of chemical compounds in the plant are different and have different activity in uh, the body.
0: Okay, that's interesting, and it's all this is all involving the endocannabinoid neural system. That's correct. Okay,
1: this is this is uh, uh, just a huge has turned into a huge, huge, huge business in the last few years. Uh, The 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 Wall Street uh, they talk about three piece suit CPAs and and MBAs and people like that are all just they've got the best uh, botanist, plant pathologists. Uh, farmers and 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 best growing conditions uh, for all of these types of uh, of hemp and marijuana plants because they're looking to find uh, the the various different medical applications of how to use them.
0: I'm going to put you on the spot here. You don't have to answer if you don't know this, but uh, maybe listeners want to know what CBD means. What is that init- the initials for?
1: Cannabinoid, cannabinoid, and it okay. and it refers to uh, the uh, the compounds within the plants in the hemp hemp plants or the uh, uh, marijuana plant, and so they use the the, uh, the term cannabis, um, and so the cannabis family, which includes hemp and marijuana and all the various species in, in each group, uh, have plant. Phytochemicals that are called cannabinoids. So that's where CBD comes from.
0: Do you suspect, uh, as they study more, that there may, may be other cofactors involved with the effect with the uh, having CBD work so well?
1: Oh, always, always.
0: Because that's, that's kind of where you've come from—is the whole. whole
1: food and using the whole plant. Right. Is there many more things than just cannabinoids? And when you use the whole plant, the other ingredients, and many of them we don't even know what they are, but they end up working together with the cannabinoids to make them more effective, to make their, their range of activity wider, and to make it where you even need less of the cannabinoids. You mentioned earlier about isolating a, a certain compound from a food or a plant and then concentrating it or making it synthetically and giving a whole large amount as a dose. That's very different than getting a normal dose as how it occurs in the plant, um, when you eat the whole plant. And so uh, so there, that's the, the, my whole approach to whole foods is it's much better to get your vitamins from an orange, uh, as you said, because there's so many more things uh, other than vitamin C in an orange. So the bottom line is the, the closer we can come to consuming that plant the way it comes off the vine, uh, the better.
0: Except that we have to worry about uh, extracting the THC. That's correct. But not and all of it.
1: They're, they're playing around. It turns out that people, people and animals have uh, a very individual number when it comes to endocannabinoid receptors in the body. And so there can be very wide ranges of sensitivity to cannabinoid products and CBD oils things like that. So they tend to they're, – they're still learning – what the best dosages are, uh, as a rule, we tend to start with, say, a milligram of CBD per day, uh, and working up to maybe 10 milligrams per day, and then there are other conditions that uh, that are using much higher doses. but an individual sensitivity can range from just having a sniff of it, um, and John, you've had personal experience with uh, people in your family who have uh taken cbd and and uh were not did not handle it well or it did not give a benefit to them so this is something that you've got to treat each patient as an individual
0: so let's uh, go over to animals how much uh, do we know about this dosage and individual and and uh use and what and what kind of benefits have been proven so far and what kind of benefits you suspect, uh, and then we'll get on to a project you're working on how you can just give it to our pets.
1: Sure, sure. Well, um, uh, the, the, the cannabinoid system is very similar in dogs and cats, anyway, uh, to the humans, and so that's where... The human medical world and the veterinary world uh, are learning this uh, as we go along. Things that that have been proven to or been shown to be helpful uh, in dogs and cats, uh, one of the big ones is epilepsy. Uh, so, so CBD has had a real dampening effect on the frequency and severity of, of epilepsy. There are tons of endocannabinoid receptors in the GI tract. You know that three-quarters of the GI tract, uh, three-quarters of the immune system is along the GI tract, and it turns out there are all kinds of endocannabinoid receptors along the GI tract. And so um, patients with IBS and Crohn, and inflammatory bowel disease, uh, Crohn's disease, and other inflammatory digestive conditions uh, have responded very, very well to uh, CBD products because uh, it can relieve inflammation, can relieve pain, and help calm down um, the, uh, the the disruption of the GI tract. Uh, the general mental health that uh, that it's been shown to help. And again, that's where I'm working with a particular product, CBD product right now. We're using it mostly in animals that are older who maybe have some chronic pain from arthritis and other joint issues, but also uh, have anxiety. You know, we mentioned all those different types of anxiety we deal with in veterinary medicine. And so so the chronic pain and anxiety, I think, are two of the most common conditions that we run into uh, in uh, uh veterinary
0: medicine. So uh, you're feeling um, that there's as many applications in animals as people, and you're including GI tract problems. Are are there any any studies that, that are looking at to how that works? I mean, how does it reduce inflammation, for instance? How does CBD actually reduce inflammation?
1: Honestly, I can't answer that question. I don't know. I don't know. I know that uh, um, that the, the the endocannabinoids you know you know receptors in the body. It's like a lock and key, and so the uh, um, the CBD comes in and fits directly into these endocannabinoid systems, uh, endocannabinoid receptors, and that stimulates the production of enzymes and release of different compounds in the body. So they can um, they they call them. Um, blissful that, that these uh, uh, as far as animals who are anxious or depressed or and at some other psychological issues. and so there's your endorphin type link response. Okay. but it causes changes in what's going on in that particular locale. And so uh, um, so that's about all I know about the, the actual mechanism, uh, of how it does reduce inflammation, but it does, and they have been able to give EBD, um products to animals with uh, documented inflammatory bowel disease or other um, conditions that have a lot of inflammation. And you know, there's a um, uh, there are a number of inflammatory markers that you can test by blood samples, and so um, so they have tested blood before and after giving CBD and found that inflammatory markers have gone down.
0: So uh, what you're saying is that throughout the body, we have these receptors. And depending on what part of the body, if the receptor is, is activated, it will, then the, the neural system will then activate whatever is in that area, like, a, let's say, the intestinal tract to... Uh, produce some kind of anti-inflammatory, anti-pain uh, kind of effect. Right?
1: That's correct. Okay. What they, they describe the endocannabinoid system as being one that is monitoring, constantly monitoring for balance, trying to keep the body in balance, you know, homeostasis. Um, and so it's a, uh, a, a system that really keeps track of things that uh, – Systems in the body that are, are not in balance or not functioning well, and they, when when given support, either the body making its own um, endocannabinoid products or us giving them orally with CBD oils or or other types of uh, uh, of medications, that is, uh, it helps that system to continually work on bringing the body back into balance.
0: So do we know, this question you may not be able to answer, but do we know where the natural endocannabinoids are in the body? We do. Where do we, they, where, where are there,
1: we know some of them.
0: Where are they okay. made?
1: Um, the, 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 the one they know the most about uh, is one that's called anandamide, and that's from the brain, Okay. And it uh, it's the, the the best that's the best known endocannabinoid and, and anandamide and what um, uh, it's synthesized in parts of the brain that are important for memory, motivation, higher thought processes, movement, as well as pain, appetite, and fertility, and so. When we understand what role this anandamide plays in our body, naturally we gain a greater understanding of the possibilities of THC and cannabinoids. So here, uh, one more little line here, it helps us forget unimportant details, improve our happiness, increase neurogenesis, which creates new nerve cells. You hear a lot these days about neuroplasticity and repair of brain injury and nerve injury and it rewards us for a job well done, that runner's high that we talked about like endorphins, and helps us battle in uh, anxiety and depression. That's a pretty impressive list of things. And so they have identified a number of other compounds, and there are uh, three different types of CBD receptors in the body that do different things. So, so this body of knowledge is growing, but as a general health, Right now, those of us in practice don't have a lot of studies and, and lots and lots of experience uh, from other practitioners to to go by what to use. So we're approaching it from a more general health aspect until we
0: know more. So do you foresee um, having that as, as a food, as part of our f- a diet for a dog incorporated into food, a low dose?
1: Possibly? I I, you
0: know I don't
1: know. I, I, I'm not a big fan of, of giving things if, if we don't need it. But being a plant compound, there are a lot of good nutritional things in there as well. So uh, that could possibly be the case. And I think that all the animals, you know, John, since we've been out of school for, what, 37 years, um, the, the animals are dealing with many uh, more... I think, serious and, and compounding problems uh, that are stressing their bodies than when we first got out of school almost years ago. So so the, the pictures, the clinical pictures, are different. And so uh, um, it may be that they discovered this endocannabinoid system because the bodies are under so much more stress than they used to be. Hmm.
0: So you're working on a, a, a delivery system, though, I understand. Is, can you talk about that?
1: I can. This is a little, uh, a little different. Uh, the, the, um, we're using um, quantum physics. Uh, we're, we're able to take the every, every person, every rock, every tree, every piece of food has its own frequency that can be measured, and um, we have the ability to take the frequency of CBD. So we can take the plants and the extracts and, and. Um, extract the frequency of this um, material and embed it into a chip, a small, looks almost like a rabies tag that can go around a dog or cat's neck. And what happens is it changes from the physical plant product into a wave. And again, this is quantum physics and it gets very complicated, but what what the what happens is that when you put this frequency in the chip and then put it around a dog or horse's neck, um, what happens is you get this energetic frequency that that permeates the body and replicates the same a lot of the same activities and clinical benefits of CBD.
0: Okay, there's a couple things that <laughs> first of all, free, first of all, first of all, Tom, I just don't know you anymore. Talking about quantum <laughs> physics stuff—that's that's not honest, you.
1: This is this is a very new and very complicated um, approach, and I, I don't, you know, it, getting into to scalar waves and and there, there, its all with this physics uh, terminology. It's not probably a good idea to do that. But what <laughs> it, the, the reason that that we're looking into this is that that the palatability and tolerance of the CBD oil can be a problem in dogs and cats because it, it has a pretty strong uh, smell of plant, very herby, and uh, you can use it orally, you can use it topically, and uh, dogs and cats just don't like the taste of it very well, and the more you process products like this, like we did with fish oil to take the fish taste out of it, you lose the, the uh Whole picture and the the whole benefit of that. Right. So the more you process it, the the the, uh, the the more quality of it we lose. So this is uh, an option for animals that can't tolerate to- uh, topical or oral CBD.
0: Uh, so products. so if you have a, uh, uh, I'll just say a container of C- CBD that. Substance is emitting something.
1: It is. It's okay. a measurable frequency. It actually can be measured by different electrical devices.
0: Okay, so this this so that's some kind of energy.
1: Yeah. Okay. Every everything everything, everything emits every person something. Vibrates at a specific frequency, and when you're sick, when when the body is ill and not functioning. In a healthy manner, the frequency goes down. The frequency drops, hmm.
0: okay. so it's a
1: lower frequency, and uh, um, and so that's that's what we're looking to do is uh, is keep, it, you, but you can improve the health of an organism by increasing its frequency.
0: Okay, I get to that in is, a second. And this is this
1: is new stuff, John. It, it uh, yeah, that's it's intriguing. not fully. It's, it's amazing. Uh, Accepted in all areas of medicine at this point, but it's a uh, another um, another way to look at using CBD in animals.
0: So this frequency can be trapped. It's, yes. it's energy, right? Yeah. So your you and your colleagues have trapped the CBD frequency. Correct. And you trap it in a resistor, a transistor, a Copper or I mean, what you trap.
1: Well, to, to make it even more complicated. Um,
0: <laughs> oh please. <laughs>
1: yeah, please, please do. Yeah. Um, no, the the uh, the frequency is implanted in a, a hologram. You've heard about holograms, oh holograms gosh. Uh, yes. There, so it gets implanted in that, and that's how that's that's where it sits and stays, and and that's how we can can then apply it. Uh, one of these discs. And just put it on a collar. That's what we're doing. Is we're putting it on dog collars and cat collars, and, and the horse it's on. It's uh, it's it's pinned to its blanket. Um, but yeah, you can. Uh, and again, I wouldn't spend a lot of time uh, on this. But there are there are just a lot of different options out there of how to use, get CBD. Uh, exposed to your animal, get your animal exposed to the benefits of CBD. And uh, uh, I think that it's something that we all need to just be aware of it and uh, and be asking questions and be open to new information regarding CBD, because it, it's a potentially a very, very beneficial market for a lot of different, different uh, conditions. My mother is Going to be ninety years old next month, and is having some real memory issues, and does not sleep well on a regular basis, and so uh, we are trying some of this uh, with her uh, because that's a big issue with a senior citizens.
0: So uh, this um, hologram disc, I guess, is, is just is one way of delivering CBD, basically. That's correct. Okay, so that's correct. Um, so this disc has the f- energy of that of the CBD in it and when you put it on a dog that energy is released and it, it get the body absorbs that energy. Yes. Okay.
1: The 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 wave what it does is it, it it's put into a wave form and the um uh the CBD or the waveform interacts with the water in the body. So oh, that's okay. how it communicates with cells in the body. The okay. body, you know, is 60%, 80% water, and so it, uh, it, it actually interacts with the water between the cells and creates communication between
0: cells. Okay, good. good. I that's think the that listeners is. that will give the listeners a little bit better understanding. Now, how does that then stimulate the endocannabinoid? Neural system. You said there are receptors. Does that somehow stimulate the receptors?
1: Yeah, yeah. What's What's interesting is that that you can use both energy, and you can use oral or physical product, and you can use them together. All of them stimulate the receptors in the body to produce these endocannabinoid uh, uh, products and and enhance. Uh, lots of different physical processes in the body. So yes, it's it's actually stimulating the body to produce endocannabinoids um, and uh, uh, and have those benefits of uh, regarding things like epilepsy and um, and anxiety and depression and uh, inflammation.
0: So what? And pain. So what? Yeah. So what are some of the? Uh... Animals you've you've put these discs on, what the what problems they had, and how how did it work out so far? Well, like like I said, this is all anecdotal. The, I understand this is anecdotal, so uh,
1: and it is anecdotal. Um, and uh, uh, but the 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 primary candidates that we've been starting these starting with this uh, uh, this CBD type of product it have been animals that are older who have had maybe some musculoskeletal history of injury. Uh, arthritis formation, just age-related um, uh, joint stiffness, and um, uh, and uh, and who have some type of anxiety. That we're running into a lot of this, just like we are in older older humans, is that uh, uh, age-related anxiety. They start to have um, their days and nights mixed up. Uh, There are, I mean, there's even a, uh, there's a a line of medication out there for dogs who have cognitive dysfunction. And so, uh, so that is something that is a very real situation right now. So those are the, those are the main ones. And uh, I'm, I have not, just because I'm not in practice and not seeing as many animals as I used to, I have not um, been exposed to epileptic epileptic animals, but that, that's something that I feel is, it can be a, an excellent uh, place to uh, add CBD into a uh, therapeutic regimen.
0: We're talking with Dr. Tom Cameron out in Wisconsin, and this is WERU, Let's Talk Animals, from Aardvarks Zebras, Dr. John Hunt, your host, and we're talking about the uh, chemical CBD for medical uses in, in dogs. That's a component of marijuana, and some fascinating things. One that's very fascinating is Tom's work with uh, uh, using discs, ho- ho- hologram, hologram discs, to uh, to administer the, the, the CBD into the body uh, through waveforms, which is very intriguing. That's that's. Are there any other products that are uh, that are delivered in this way? Is there is there a model that you took this from?
1: There is this. This is a company um, uh, out in uh, it's out in your, your area. Yeah, in New Hampshire,
0: and, right? Uh,
1: I want to say it's in New Hampshire, but it uh, um, uh, it's a company called Nature's Frequencies, and and they have been working with this kind of technology for quite a while. And one of the the, the things that I'm most impressed with what they've done is they've come up with a with a food freshness card. That has the ability to to, to help uh, food stay fresh longer. They've actually done studies in grocery store chains where they uh, um, uh, they uh, implanted placed these cards throughout the. The, the produce section of different grocery stores and had significant improvement in the the, the length of time that berries and other very perishable um, uh, fruits and vegetables uh, uh, got old or couldn't be sold anymore. So it's uh, 30 40% increases, and they've done they did a study with bread to where uh, the, the loaf... Uh, went actually six months that didn't mold. So so there are there are I think some great applications. We've got some friends here in Madison who run up a, um, uh, a uh, forest business and and so we're we're doing some some trials with them to see about uh, how that can affect some of their products as far as helping their flowers to last longer. So the, 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 this whole quantum physics and, and energetic approach to uh, to having effects on, on different parts of the body is, again, a new, uh, new area, but it's something that is, is extremely fascinating.
0: And this is all frequency stuff. Theory. This is
1: all frequency stuff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, we have to be careful. I, I, please don't, um, uh, uh, I, uh, we're not making claims here. We, we're, we're not claiming to, to uh, fix anything or, or to treat particular conditions. But what we're finding is that by exposing uh, people and animals to the frequencies of these, uh, these, these different compounds, uh, we can see some physical benefit. We we came up with a uh, we put a bunch of anti-inflammatory compounds like uh, NSAIDs and and products that we use for arthritis uh, in a bunch of frequencies that can, uh, can uh, we're hoping is going to be helpful for different animals and people with arthritis and uh, but again the FDA is very very cautious about letting anybody make claims without full studies so so. Uh, Please don't don't take this as gospel that uh, that this is going to happen. What we're doing is we're investigating.
0: And in order to investigate, you need some trials and to see if there's a any kind of any change. If there was none at, if there's none at all, then you're you got to go on to something else. But you're seeing some changes.
1: Um, yeah, and it's exciting to see some of these possibilities. And and uh, again, these this this horse and dog that we just put on. Uh, some of these uh, uh, these frequency chips are are have have been responding well, so it's a good start, and it it uh, gives us reason to uh, to get these these products and CBD in general in the hands of other uh, patients to see how well, respond and and get more data,
0: and get to the point where you can quantify what you're seeing. So right now it's just observations. So you have to. Correct.
1: As we said, it's a it's a new area and but it's it's really going to be exciting over the next few years to see all the different things uh, and the changes and and um, unfortunately because it's 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 still related to marijuana, that is the stigma that tends to slow things down and maybe confuse things and people can get somewhat um, you know, overly emotional about I don't want this to happen and, and you know drug use is a is a big big problem in this country so we can't take that lightly and uh, I know having had clients who were policemen uh, and police women um, they get at, at marijuana as being a, gr- a gateway drug that, that leads to other other drug use so so these are real concerns
0: and we have to pay attention to those. Do you think it's a hurdle that you can overcome? I do Based on uh, what we're seeing uh, socially,
1: I, yeah, I do. With uh, you know the the with the states that have ratified and, and legalized marijuana, uh, that is making that type of of research more doable. And uh, so we just, I, I think one of the one of the things I've seen that I didn't like was that. That there are botanists who are working on different compounds of marijuana that can make you even higher, you know, make it make it more of a uh, a psychoactive drug, and um, and I, that's not the direction I would prefer to go. I would like to see more of the medical management rather than uh, uh, than 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 the the re- recreational side of that. And and we, we all know that chronic pain with all the pain clinics in the United States. Chronic
0: pain is a huge, huge problem country. Yeah, it is. And you, you have yeah, another interest you have is you've been working with uh um food companies, uh, in nutrition. And nutrition is um always a uh an area that people are interested in in terms of feeding their animals. Uh mm-hmm. also as veterinarians we try to keep up and sometimes we get tangled up in um uh, fads, like we all do, and there are some new fads that have been causing, actually causing some problems, and one of them is a taurine deficiency, and I think you've been looking into that. Could you give our listeners a little bit of, um, fill fill them in on what's going on?
1: Sure. Well, there is a big concern right now on uh, um, on a growing problem of heart disease in dogs, um, due to what we think is taurine deficiency, there's some confusion, and uh, and there it, it's not clear yet. And there are people who have jumped to some conclusions that have muddied the waters that much more. But but um, the, the the bottom line is that there was an article written several months ago uh, by a nutritionist from Tufts University and detailing the fact that that there is a there have been an increased number of dogs showing up with a heart disease that's called dilative cardiomyopathy, uh, DCM. And this is a a heart condition of the muscle where the muscle gets very flabby, loses its tone, the heart gets bigger, and the, the walls get thinner, and the heart is not able to... Dogs can actually die of heart failure. It, it's something that uh, um, uh, that can be progressive and keep getting worse. And there's been an uptick in the number of animals who are showing this. And, and whenever we see uh, an increase in numbers like that, we start to think, what's going on? Is there something more global? And um, a, a large number of these animals have been uh, being fed grain-free foods with legumes or things like lentils and peas and uh, other products like that that have come in to take the place of uh, corn, wheat, soy, and other, uh, uh, other products like that. So like, over the past, oh, probably 20 years, um, the, these grain-free foods uh, have really dominated the market. They have come out and, and been incredibly popular and, uh, um, and, and so at the same time, we're seeing, uh, uh, an increase in this, uh, cardiomyopathy in dogs. And the concern is, is that, that the legumes, uh, lentils and peas and, and chickpeas and, and products like that are plant-based proteins. Okay, the, the 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 a lot of the food companies have been replacing meat proteins with these plant-based proteins, and uh, um, in order to make a number of different uh, proteins and amino acid in the body uh, and amino acids, we need the animals are dogs and cats have always eaten animal protein, and we're replacing them with. Uh, with plant proteins, and so there's a concern that that animals are not as efficient in um, uh, building the kind of proteins that they need to build in, uh, in their bodies with plant proteins. The other is that uh, um, legumes can have different phytochemicals or plant chemicals in them that are there on purpose. They're actually protective um, Uh, anti-nutrients, they're called. They're protective chemicals in the plant and in in the bean or the the pea that can protect the plant from viruses, from bacteria, from uh, um, invasive parasites, things like that. And um, the other action that these anti-nutrients can have is they can bind different nutrients in the body and make them unavailable for the body to absorb. And so that's a concern that these legumes are binding taurine and making it to where the body cannot use taurine. Um, there's, there, there is no study that has proven this, but the, 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 what we're looking at is this increase in heart disease and an increase in use of these grain-free foods. And so, so right now um, there are many different influences to uh, uh, how taurine is used in the body and how we make taurine. But uh, um, uh, essentially, taurine... So, so there's a, there are a lot of people that are now um, supplementing with taurine. And if you have any concerns that your dog is... is Having any kind of exercise intolerance or anything related to um, to stamina or coughing or uh, you know, lethargy, things like that, it would be good to, to uh, uh, have your veterinarian do a full physical exam. But now they're recommending testing the taurine levels in the blood. This can be done by blood samples, and uh, um, and if the the blood is low in taurine. Uh, we can put animals on supplementation. Now, I am a holistic veterinarian, and so I'm very uh, uh, involved in whole food nutrition. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's better to get your um, uh, your nutrients out of food than it is from a lab. And so uh, uh, taurine is plentiful in fresh meat. Like chicken. And uh, taurine The taurine deficiency is what what we consider to be a cooked food deficiency. And so uh, uh, taurine is extremely sensitive to heat. So when we heat food, the taurine gets destroyed. And so on a dry food, once they finish creating the kibbles, then they will spray on... a compound with vitamins and minerals that have been inactivated by the heat, and taurine is one of them. So taurine is uh, uh, an issue that's getting a lot of uh, uh, talk right now, um, and uh, uh, it's one that, uh, um, that, that that the food companies are looking hard at uh, what what the best foods are and how much taurine needs to be in the, uh, in the diet, But my approach to my clients is to be sure that the animals are getting some fresh food in their diet.
0: This is almost coming full circle because back in the 50s, uh, in order to sell cheap food, dog food, they had mainly plant-based. It was the grains. It was the the corn, basically. And that became a problem. So then they started adding meat. And now we have these real high-end specialty foods for people who think, that their dog needs to be a, a vegetarian, um, you know, no meat, that sort of thing. So it's almost full circle. Um,
1: it's totally full circle, and we keep coming back to the fact that, that dogs and cats have eaten meat and, and meat products, uh, including uh, bones and gristle and, and, uh, uh, and organs. Uh, organs are a big part of, uh, uh, of, yes. of the, the historical diet of dogs and cats. Uh, and they've been eating them for millions and millions of years, and this is how their bodies are designed to eat. And, uh, uh, and we have just gotten away from that. And, uh, uh, and so it, it, you, you do keep coming full circle. Is the, the bottom line is that these animals need quality meat protein to be able to make these different amino acids and compounds that keep them healthy. And when we get the farther we get away from that, the more we can run into problems.
0: And as you remember, a lot of our cat owners remembered years ago they had a taurine deficiency in cat food about thirty years ago because they were trying yeah. to, I think, cheap out. And cats are very uh, much uh, meat dependent. And we were, remember when we first got out of school, we saw a lot of cardiomyopathies in cats. I mean, it was it was common until we, they figured it out. And once they the food companies were, I think pressured, and came on board. The cardiomyopathies in cats just went, just disappeared almost.
1: They did, they did. And and see, taurine is a an essential amino acid in cats. They can't make enough to keep themselves from getting either the cardiomyopathy or retinal degeneration. And so it's uh, it's important. Dogs can make their own taurine, but they they need to have things like glandular material like liver and, and things like that for B vitamins and also bones and bone broth for glycine. So, so um, it's, it's again looking at trying to approximate what they used to eat.
0: So what's our, our final message we give to our, our dog owners then?
1: Okay, mine is that, that uh, if I would I would have animals checked. I would have their blood checked for uh, taurine levels and and because if you can measure something you can manage it okay uh, it, it instead of just being worried about it, I would have blood levels of taurine checked, and if they 're normal then uh, you know then you should be okay but uh, um, uh, I tend to have people stay away or start minimizing the amount of Foods that they feed with legumes in them and get some kind of fresh meat in the diet on a regular basis
0: that would be good advice if if people did 't want to spend the money on testing, which could be expensive to at least get some meat in the diet which most most uh, brands of food have i mean you know most dog foods are are okay i mean they they 'll they'll, they'll suffice i assume
1: well, they are but but again, there have been. Where the confusion comes with this whole taurine picture is that that animals can develop uh, this cardiomyopathy, the dilated cardiomyopathy, and not be taurine deficient. So it's not a straight line right, relationship. So it's not simple. And yeah. so uh, so and and there are animals that have been supplemented with taurine, and their cardiomyopathy did not resolve. So it's not just taurine.
0: Something else and, going on. Uh,
1: um, so it has to do with a wider range of uh, uh, ingredients in the diet. And uh, um, like, uh, I think one of the mistakes that, that the, the, the mainstream veterinarians are saying is that, well, just get off of any of these grain-free foods and put them back on a grain-based diet. And they're giving them the impression that the, a grain-based diet will fix a taurine deficiency. And there is... there is there. Grains have little or no taurine in them. So, so um, you're it, you're by by removing the grain-free foods that have legumes in them, you may be taking away some of the effects of uh, of taurine. Sorry, of of uh, these anti-nutrients that could be bothering the taurine, but you're not replacing it with more taurine. So, do you see,
0: do you see, this is a confusing picture. Yes, it's and, not uh, a not a uh,
1: just a straight line relationship
0: to be continued we have run out of time dr. Cameron and as always well, I hope
1: I didn't confuse people too badly I uh, I know some of this stuff is somewhat complicated but um, but it's it's a fascinating thing about our business is that things don't stay the same things change and and uh, uh, we will as, as you say to be continued, Uh, We will continue to watch these things, and uh, the reason that you and I went into veterinary medicine was to see if we could uh, help animals live longer and live lives, and and that's what we're looking to do.
0: Excellent, and uh, we will have you on again, and I just want to sign off now. This is Dr. John Hunt for Let's Talk Animals from Aardvarks and Zebras, and remember, enjoy your pet, and don't forget to give them a hug.